0: Okay, I think I'm surprised that I'm crying right now, but I'm also not because I always cry when
1: I'm with you. <laughs> and I cry all the time, so. <laughs> That's a great advertisement. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's also the hormones. Welcome to Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury Fontenot, purpose and intuition coach. And I'm Melissa Grushka, and I have 0.0 million followers. This week, we are so excited. We have Dylan Mulvaney here for a special conversation. Bean, are you ready to talk to
2: her? I am the most excited, I think.
1: All right, let's do it.
2: Bean, Mm -hmm. this is a special week. It's the most special week we've had yet, I have to say. I've loved every episode, but I'm super excited.
1: Super excited. And in fact, we're not going to bullshit with our... Cringe or delight moment up front. We're just going to get right. right into it because we have someone very special waiting for us. Right. So, without further ado, the incomparable content creator and actress, Dylan Mulvaney, is here with us.
0: Dylan! What? Oh my God, now I'm nervous. What a buildup. You'll be great.
1: We are so excited. Welcome. Me too. Me too. Good morning. morning. Good morning. All right, so, Dylan, before we get into hearing all about you, which we are dying to hear, Bean and I do this thing every episode where we just fill each other in on our week, and we get to pick either something cringy that happened or something delightful that happened and share it. So we're each going to do it. Do you want to start as our special guest? Do you have a delight or a cringe moment? (gasps) I would love to start. Actually, my delight
0: moment has something to do with you, Maury. Because, Aww. well, and it started, um, I will say, we had a potential hurricane situation here <laughs> in Los Angeles <laughs> this past weekend, and I was so scared to be at home by myself. I thought this was going to be hor- The way they were talking about this hurricane, You, I mean, it yeah. really felt dramatic. And so I called Maury just because I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Maury was like, <laughs> come to my house. Like, just get in the car. Come to my house and i spent an amazing weekend with you and your family we saw the barbie movie i haven't had that sense of like family connection in, in a Aww. long time like it was it was so lovely it kind of reminded me that like oh there are good people out there and and there's there's love Aww. and and i really i'm still thinking about the barbie movie like every second Ever, I need to go see it. Well, it just they just said that it's coming out in IMAX, so I want to go see that. That's in like three weeks. That was my like sweet moment of the week, I would say.
1: Oh, Dylan, I love you. That was really sweet, and we were so my cringe moment is actually associated with that trip. So that was my delight is that Dylan was here. Dylan is an incredible performer, and my daughter's an aspiring performer. And I begged and asked if they could please sing a Broadway duet for me in the living room,
2: which they did. Does anyone have this on tape? I wouldn't let it happen. Just for me. Just private viewing. A private viewing. Wait, but wait. Was that your cringe
0: moment, Maury?
1: No. No, no, no. Oh. That was my delight. I'm going to get to my cringe moment. That was delightful. I literally cried. Dylan was like, wow, I did not realize You are such a stage mom. I was crying.
0: Oh, and she kind of like is really good at hiding it because she'll like, she'll do the, oh, she's such a good, I want her to sing for you. And then, and then all of a sudden she's sitting there like edge of her seat. She's like another song, another song. (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) I was like, I came here to heal and to like have a glass of wine. Like all of a sudden I'm doing my entire repertoire.
1: (laughs) She's like, dance monkey. It was so delightful. And when Dylan turned to her and said, wow, you're really talented. And the way her just like, she lit up. That was like, that was a gift she'll never forget. My cringe moment is I did not realize this had happened until I picked up my son from school, but it was their first day of school the next day. Right? So he has this little friend who's in eighth grade, a year older than him. And so when I went to go pick him up, I was like, what did you do? How was your day? And he's telling me everything. He and goes, and yeah, um, she really liked the video I sent her of Dylan. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? So when I was not around, my son asked Dylan to send a little hello to this friend. What a flex. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think I, ha- I did two, maybe two different friends, actually. I'm not on Cameo, so you do have to catch me in person if you want, like, a, a birthday message wow. or, you know, something like that. But And then I'm uh, presenting at the streamies and I'm up for a Streamy Award, and he went through the list of all the different people that are going to be attending the awards and was like, all right, can you get a high-key-on video for me? Like, like he's, <laughs> so he's really hoping that I will get some, like, amazing um, celebrity videos for him this weekend.
1: He was not shy to ask Dylan for favors. So that was my little bitty cringe moment. But Dylan was really sweet about it. But the fact that it happened and I didn't know was... I loved it. I I loved it.
2: (laughs) All right, Bean, you're up. What do you got? I mean, mine can't be more boring (laughs) compared to the two of you. Uh, Mine is so boring and kind of pathetic all at the same time. My kids usually all start school. My, My youngest one is in private school and their schedule usually follows the public school schedule. And my older two don't start for another week and a half. And I just found out like two days ago that my son actually starts on Monday, which I wouldn't have known had his friend not come over and told me. I would have never sent my son to school on Monday. <laughs> and it's kindergarten, right? And it's this big day of kindergarten. Aww, but this that's not I don't I almost feel like you should cut this from the cast because <laughs> your stories were way better and way more fun. And I'm like, I forgot school. It
0: would have been epic like if you did go an entire 2 weeks without it like and then like just kind of dropping you know them off the first hey. day.
2: Hey. Totally. Totally. Hey guys. So I good. think he'll
1: live. I, that's, you know what? I
2: relate. I know. Moms make mistakes. It was me. It was me. I felt bad. Yeah. I felt like I cried actually. Cause I whoa. couldn't believe that. Whoa. What shocking that I cried. Yeah. A real shocker. <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe that I had no idea. This is the first year that they are starting in a different time in okay. my defense. We accept. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, Great. Okay. Well, Dylan, thank you for being such a good sport and playing Delight or Cringe with us. Um, Let's get right to it, shall we? We're very excited to talk to you. Are you in? I'm in. All right. I think the first question for you is, you have been a content creator for some time. You were making content prior to 365 Days of Girlhood. Then you started this amazing series. And one, I think the question is, did you expect to blow up the way you did, but also... When you did that, probably was a massive shift. Like, can you talk to us about what that shift was like, going from a content creator to someone who is so famous?
0: Thank you. I don't always feel that way. I, it still kind of feels like a mirage, but I remember within the first like twenty days or so, I had like a million followers, and and no one can really prepare you for that. It feels very fast and furious oh. because if I were to have like booked a movie, I would have had like years before that would come out. You know, there's some preparation. And then even when it comes out, you don't know if it's going to be a hit or a not, especially TikTok specifically. Like that app can blow up you know, just normal people in ways that I don't think any other platform, maybe YouTube, you know, could in the past. But it just happened really fast. And I was in therapy at the time. So at least I had that. But also my therapist was like, a gender specialist and you know he had didn't have any other clients in the spotlight and was kind of like you're on your own kid in the <laughs> nicest way possible. And I think I was in a really good headspace when I started because there was so much emotional mental work before that all you know mm-hmm. I started putting myself on blast like that. But I kind of think there's there's only like a level of preparation you can really make for for something like that and and I I, I had no idea the opportunities that c- could come from social media you know I, I was doing stand-up comedy at the time and so I felt like it, it was a way to like be funny more publicly and not have to drive around for five minutes all over LA to get a, you know a spot so it became something very different than I expected but I, I just am really grateful that so many things have come from it mostly good some bad too. But I also think there was a lot of shame initially of like, Oh God, am I an influencer? What does that even mean? Mm. And and now I'm actually like going to the streamies this weekend. I'm like kind of proud of that. Like, I, I love that I have this unexpected community, the outside of the trans community that it's, you know, my content creator community. And I think as I'm kind of going through some of these new doors into like mainstream Hollywood and and finding myself in these positions where I'm like, oh, I can help advocate for this group of people too. Because I think so often there is still a stigma attached to that. And these are some of the most talented people ever. I mean, we're seeing TikTokers get nominated for Grammys Mm -hmm. and publish books, and, and there's so it's much wild. there. Yes. And, and it's like, we have a shot at getting to those things because of this platform. That's beautiful.
2: That is really awesome. Super awesome. And I was thinking about for people who are filming movies, they have huge teams around them and you really did this on your own. I mean, you had your therapist, but your support system was mostly you, which is even more impressive.
0: Yeah. I, I sort of built it as the situation has Kept growing, and even you know, Maury came into my life through some celeb friends of mine. And it was funny, I went to my agency and was like, Hey, is there any like mental health professional that I can Aww. talk to that like deals with like people in the spotlight? And even they were like, Um, we have to think <sighs> about that. And then now I actually went back to my agent, I was like, You gotta just start sending people to Maury when they come out." <laughs> totally, after you because- yes. It's such a specific thing. And really and I is. think as much as like, I have the lawyer, I have the business manager, I've got the agents, you need that mental help as well, because some of the stuff that we're navigating, it's different than PR. It's different than contracts. It's truly your, your well-being. Mm. And I think that is one of the most important parts mm. of my team.
2: Thank you. And social media is so brand new. You know, we are the guinea pigs of all of this, so...
0: It mm-hmm. must be
2: even even more challenging in that regard.
0: Well, I think about like I'm like, how am I going to do this in 40 years? <laughs>
2: Just like
0: it's been a, a little over a year of being viral, and and I think that they, these apps will ebb and flow, and then the, the next thing will come out, and and so my goal right now is to start creating off of these platforms so that I feel. Not completely indebted in every mm. single way to them. You know, I think there's ways to diversify ourselves as creators, and we have to, we need to to be smart. I mean, we looked TikTok looked like it was going to be banned there for a second, right? And there's some yeah. people who exclusively make their living from that app. So I think we just have to get smart about where you know we start not putting every egg in in one basket.
1: Mm. Dylan, question, just as we're talking about building this public platform, I mean, knowing how difficult it is to exist as a trans person in our world, mm-hmm. how or why did you decide to do this in such a public way, in, in the spotlight in this way?
0: I never expected it to be quite as vulnerable or as eyebrow raising. Or I, I also had never seen someone start from the very beginning. And I mm-hmm. thought that was sort of a unique aspect of it. And and looking at these trans women that I so deeply admired, but even if I were to be able to get in touch with you know trans women that early on, there's still kind of a an initial intimidation just because you're like so enamored by them, you're so impressed, you're so proud of them for finding themselves that you don't want to force them to help you, mm-hmm. and and so it, it felt very isolated and solo at the beginning when I started making those videos. Um, and then it did end up bringing me a lot of community along the way. Mm. And I I don't regret, you know, putting myself on blast like that. I think there are moments that I wish that I had maybe savored something a little longer for myself. I think of there, there's so much vitriol right now towards the community that, you know, you have to be really careful about how you talk about certain things or make sure that, you know, everything is ready to go out there. But, Generally, I'm just, I'm hoping that from my content, those humans out there, whether they're trans or not, that are transitioning into something in their life, feel a connection. They can see the be- the baby steps. And now as all these other things are happening, I just, I really hope that my audience feels like they can see the growth and they can see the evolution because I'm a very different person than I am over a year ago. Mm-hmm. and. And and I, I think that's part of the beauty of, of showing it online as well.
2: We talk a lot, actually, on our podcast about parasocial relationships. And you just mentioned that you are out there for everybody. How does it feel being a role model for so many people? That
0: still has not clicked for me, <laughs> but what an honor.
2: Let's get clicking.
0: I think I mostly get confused. Like I'll be out even last night at a bar and these gals will run up to me and hu- they, they truly, they'll like immediately hug me, which sometimes I get nervous about because when, you know, totally. when someone's walking towards you, like running at you, are like, yes. wait, your brain is trying to comprehend what's yeah. happening.
2: But- it Happens to me all the time.
0: That is my one, my, my one note to my followers is sometimes spatial awareness. But other than that, I love a hug. And I think that if one person get something out of a video of mine and like feels like they can be closer to who they are, then this is all worth it to me. And you know, I, I get so many DMS of people saying, I came out to my family with your video or me and my mom are watching your stuff. And, mm-hmm. and that does feel really good because I think there's still so many people in my life that I'm trying to connect with and to show that I have worth and that I am going to be okay, despite my transness and so it feels really nice to like not prove to them my family my friends that there's value in what I'm doing but that if i'm sometimes not getting like the love and acceptance that i want from like a certain entity in my life i can go oh but there's there is love and acceptance here and that's why the internet right now especially these past few months i don't know if y'all have noticed it feels like a bloodbath as far Mm -hmm. as the way people are creating (laughs) videos about others, the way that everything has to have a crazy hook line. Mm -hmm. And we just have to be really careful about what the internet can become when we when so much of it is already that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really want to continue pushing the joy aspect, pushing the comedy. I mean, there's so much like, some of the stuff that I've been through this last few months has been so ridiculous that like you have to laugh about it, you know. Maury, I've had a lot of cries with you, but now sometimes I'm. St- I feel like we're starting to get in sessions where like I'll like be like, okay, and that's just absolutely crazy. Like just like have a laugh, yes. and, and that's when you know the healing is actually happening. Yes. So that's where I feel like I'm at right now.
1: I was just going to say, I think the joy you bring is so infectious. I noticed when I'm with you, people approaching you and hugging you immediately. And I have to say, it was jarring to me too, because I felt like, am I supposed to get in front of them? Like, do you need some kind of barrier? Bodyguard. <laughs> but I think it's because you're so you're such a light that people are just magnetized to you. They can't stay away is what I I notice when I watch people just come towards you, it's the joy you put in the world. And our world needs this joy so desperately right now. So I think you're like the sunshine to people.
2: Thank you. Maybe it's the blonde. (laughs) (laughs) I do love the blonde. I meant to say I love the blonde. I think it's perfectly fitting. I think it's you should continue with the blonde. I absolutely adore it. Also,
0: Melissa, I actually... I'm really liking what you've got going on. I actually think oh, we can what? add a little money piece even more up in front, a little blonder.
2: Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little blonder, and it seems to have gone down a little. And now I'm thinking for the fall, why not go a little darker?
0: Go a little darker. Get Drink the pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, you know. You know get, you get the, it. Get the sweaters out. And then we'll t- next summer, we'll circle back.
2: I'll find you. We'll be blonde twins together next summer. Deal.
1: I'm jealous. Deals.
2: No, don't be. You, okay. Your hair looks amazing okay. today, too. Okay. I do. Speaking of Maury and how amazing she is, I was. I wanted to know what drew you to her in the first place? What drew you to working with her? I mean, I know the gifts very well, but I, I always love to hear from an outside perspective what pulled you in.
0: So I, it's crazy how the universe also works. Like, timing is so insane. I had, like, asked my agents, like I had told you before... Hey, do you have like a mental health professional for someone in the spotlight? And they were like, we'll, we'll circle back on that. And then Eloke had invited me to dinner via Instagram DM because we have a very good mutual friend, Jonathan Van Ness. And I was kind of nervous to go on this like friend date because Alok is so wise and they feel like a prophet. And And I I just didn't know if I was too camp for them, to be honest. And and so I was a little nervous, but we sat down and like, I kind of just opened up. I am a very open book, but I think with them, what I wanted them to leave with was that I am so much more than just this content, especially because I had such an admiration for them and respect that I wanted them to see a deeper side to me. So we sat down, I immediately start going through like Every, I think this was maybe like September of last year. So so I had been, you know, through a few qualms online and, <laughs> and and Alok sat there, you know, very quietly listening and then was like, all right, you need Maury. And then pulls out their phone, like connecting the emails. And and now what I've realized about that moment is that Alok does not do that with everyone. Like, no. like Alok is very specific about who they send to you, as am I. And I really think that that to me was like a first, sh- other than inviting me to dinner, like show of love. Mm-hmm. And I now know that like the way that they show love is through like acts of service or connection or networking or you know mm-hmm. doing things for others, like for their friends, in a way that's so different than like how I show love. But that mm-hmm. was them connecting us was love for me, and then. Our first session, I think, I just remember being like, "Who is this lady?" But (laughs) I,
2: sorceress,
0: and and it was funny because obviously the work takes a bit to to get into, but I was so dropped in so fast because I was looking for exactly what Maury has to offer, and and so it came really easily, and and I think you have to have to have to want to be there. You have to want to put the time and the effort in. And and I noticed a lot of it too is like, it's less of, it is yes, what you're doing between sessions and how you're processing things without Maury, but it's also how willing you are to like show up during those those moments and go all the way I think that's one of the hardest things about, because working with Maury isn't necessarily therapy. There's aspects of, you know, talking about your life that feel that way. But I remember when I was in therapy with my gender specialist, you start rearranging things so that you don't sound like a crazy person or you start, you know, saying things that you're like, oh, I'm I'm so embarrassed to tell him this. So I'm going to say it happened this way. When I started working with Maury, I decided, like I made a decision that I would show her everything the good the bad and the ugly because Mm -hmm. what I was doing online was trying to show the good the bad and the ugly and I wanted to have that same energy but even in a much deeper context with my helper with my team and and so it's been just like a beautiful what's like over almost a year like we're coming up on our year anniversary yes and I'm very grateful Mm -hmm.
2: I can't tell you how much I love hearing people talk about my best friend like this. It brings <laughs> me so much joy. I'm like, yes, say more. Tell me more about how great she is. And is I it what s- you thought it would... Yeah, you get weird. I get so <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm like shrinking in pressure. No, I'm like, I'm like creating a He's certificate like, it, for Just you. let it happen. Yeah. Let it happen. That, that it was your it. advice. Yeah. <laughs> is it, so was it what you thought it was going to be when when Alok put you guys together? We got woo-woo really
0: fast, which oh, I love. Too. Like I, I've i got my my... Yoga teacher certificate.
2: I didn't know that, and that's not woo woo. Yes, I hate girl, to break it, it in. To you.
0: We still have things to learn about each yes. other. Yes, I junior year of college, I was like, I think it was like some bad boy breakup moment or something, and I was like, I need to go to yoga training and find <laughs> myself. <laughs> and and so I was. I bought all the crystals. I oh my god! Funny enough, Maury. Okay, Maury gave me a love bracelet this weekend. And it didn't go with my outfit last night. So I put it in my purse. It's still in my purse. Don't worry. I, okay. use it. I thought you were going to say it shattered. <laughs> no. Oh my God. But this guy was like, this like this, this guy in like an all white suit walks up to me in the bar last night and he had all of these crystal bracelets on <gasps> and was oh, like, I, I was know. like, what's that one for? And he's like, that one's for energy. And then I was like, what's that one for? And he's like, that one's for sleep.
2: <laughs>
0: and then I pulled my giant bracelet Stop! out of my bag. And I was like, well, this one's for love. Wow. And he was just like, whoa. You had like a crystal walk-off. <laughs> I did. And then I was like, I'm not putting it on for you, babe. Like, they'd... Oh, yes. But getting back to the, the question at hand is that I think what I loved about Maury was that I could tap back into my woo-woo a little bit. And I think what happens in the industry so often is is you try to be so realistic sometimes that you lose parts of yourself that are potentially really helpful. And, mm. and one of those for me was like my spirituality was my connection to mystical things, to emotions that I was scared to tap into. Like even recently, we've been exploring anger, which is something that I, I hadn't really felt many times throughout my life. Wow. So I, I think it's it's just a great kind of And how fun that, like, because Maury isn't my therapist, we can go see the Barbie movie with her family. And, like, there's some really great beauty to that
1: as well.
2: Oh, I love that.
1: Dylan, you know what? Thank you. And thank you. And I love that. I appreciate the credit you're giving me. I do have to say you are one of the clients that I have that you said this, like, tapped into your inner wisdom almost instantaneously. And it was, like, magic. Like, I got goose. Um, goose cam. Is that what? a word you guys have heard? I've never goose heard cam? it in my life. I can't up right now. It's called Goosebumps bro. People use it, I swear. No, no, no. People say goose cam. Goose Look cam? it up. Both. Yeah. Okay. Is anyway. this like, like what goosebumps. the kids are saying? No. Goosebumps. Because you dropped in so quickly to what I call is your higher self, really is your intuitive wisdom, your intuition. You're so connected to it. It's so easy to get you there. And wow. it's, it was a, such a reminder to me of the kind of work I want to be doing. I think I said to you, Dylan, after starting to work with you, you're reminding me that I don't want to pull people so hard to this anymore. I want to work with the people who are ready to drop in. I don't think this is of, of
0: the work is like of worth unless you really want to be there. And, and what I've found throughout my life is like the most successful moments of evolution and growth have come from when I've gone actually out to look for it, and less of like it being forced on to me. I mean, it's like the same thing. I think I just went through something where oh oh my god, it was at that dinner we had a dinner last week, yeah, where you know there was a group of people that had been through a specific situation that I hadn't. And they were all giving me advice where I felt like I would do something differently and I wanted to, but they were like, don't you dare be the strong woman you are. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm kind of losing this moment of learning for myself because yes. I'm, you know, and not that I, I loved the advice. I loved hearing from these these people because they were so right, but I almost needed to like live that experience. And so I think with the work that we've done, it's the same thing of it has to be an equal exchanging of energy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, because you are able to tap into this intuitive wisdom so easily, if it's harder or easier with all the public pressure and being in the spotlight like you are to hear that intuition, does it is it harder to tap in? Is it easier? What's it like with that added pressure on?
0: <laughs> if you aren't watching um, the podcast, uh, my, the face I just made – was like i was being <laughs> stabbed by like a murderer
2: <laughs> oh i couldn't tell if you were excited or scared i guess you make a funny oh, face
0: when you're scared i guess i'm a one trick pony i <laughs> i think intuition as someone in the public eye feels damn near impossible because mm. you get clouded with so many other Thing, like a checklist of what not to do, what not to say. So I think when you hear your intuition and it tells you to do something that's not in line with like what your PR team thinks or what your brand is, I think in those moments, you sometimes push your intuition aside because you're thinking as like a business strategist and mm-hmm. not as like a human being. And what we talk about a lot, Maury, is this idea of celebrity 2.0. Like, is it possible to like succeed in this industry while also being a good person? And by like holding yourself accountable and the people that you work with accountable. And I think for me, my favorite moments this of this past year, and when I think I've really showed up for my audience, is in those moments where like I didn't listen to whatever I was being told, whether it was my business mind or you know my team or anyone, it was my intuition and knowing that I needed to do something or knowing that I needed to take a stand. And it it's scary for someone like me because I did not grow up like that at all. I mean, before I transitioned, I was so unopinionated. I was, oh, no, I had opinions. I was just terrified to share them. And, and now there are things that will sit on my chest and I'll go and to Maury's like to a session. I'll be like, I really think I need to say I this, this is coming up. I need to say this. And, and I think as I get more successful, sometimes I hold back a little bit because, or it's just frustrating when you can't get on and, and say your full two cents. But I do think that I am still in a place where intuition is involved in everything that I do. we we talk about full body yeses. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm even like, I I was doing so much in this last year that was offered to me. And I was thinking like, oh, this is, I should want to do this because Mm -hmm. there are other people that want to do this and I Mm -hmm. should be so lucky. And because I thought that like my success was an accident because I couldn't really understand why people enjoyed me so much and that they were going to wake up and realize that I wasn't actually lovely or like worthy of this. So I was taking so many things. I was doing so much that wasn't actually in alignment with my higher self or who I was. And now it's sort of funny. Right now, I'm looking up at this board. I put a board of all the things that I've got coming through the pipeline right now, and like I want to say, like ninety five percent of them are full body yeses.
2: Yes, love that.
0: Yeah, gotten to a place where I, I I can say no. No is a very powerful word, and. Instead of doing like 25 things, I'm doing like eight. And and that also feels really good.
1: Love it.
2: First of all, I would like to say you are worthy. We're all worthy. Everyone is worthy. Thank you. Um, and I want to know if you've gotten any great, other than Maury, who gives the best advice, if you've gotten any other great advice along the way that's really helped you. Yes. Or actually, how about any advice that's like been counterintuitive
0: You know, I think the the positive advice will come from a loke. It comes from Our Lady J, who is an amazing trans writer, director in the industry. It's such a specific group of people, very limited as far as trans people actually working and being hired in these spaces. And so I think there is a a sense of camaraderie there. Uh, I really want to, to help move that along as well. But I think as far as maybe not the best advice, I think I have to be careful taking advice from people who aren't actually doing what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. because it's one thing to be a voyeur online and to take in content. But when you aren't making content every day like I am, or when you aren't used to a Gen Z audience and what they need and what they expect, I think that sometimes fear enters the chat just because of the unknown. Like we said, these apps are so new. There's still so much that we haven't figured out yet. And and we don't know what's healthy and what's not. And I I think that's where I have to go back to intuition because as much as someone can tell me, Hey, you you shouldn't post about this. But then if I go back and really think about my audience and what they need and, and, and how I, have set up this relationship, I know that I have to. So, mm. so that's, it's, it's sometimes making some difficult decisions, but I, I, I don't feel regretful about anything.
2: I love that. Well, listen up. Cause I'm about to give you some advice. <laughs> I'm, <just kidding>. okay. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? I love that you're talking of, We the question
1: about getting advice and, and I love your answer. I'm so excited to hear you say it's so easy for people to sit behind a keyboard and shout at you and tell you what they think you should be doing without existing in your life and in your body. So I'm going to, we're going to go here for a minute because we just navigated something pretty Pretty intense recently. Um, Dylan, you navigated something very intense. And so thank you in advance for being willing to talk to us about it because I know you haven't talked about it a lot. I really actually just want to talk about your inner journey around it. My first question is, can you share with our listeners what it's been like for you to be a political lightning rod to be used as such a scapegoat in what recently happened? I think
0: there is nothing that could have prepared me for what has happened this this last year and and being in the media. I had experienced a certain level of vitriol, nothing compared to um, what happened in April, but the political portion of it specifically is what throws me because I grew up in a very conservative household. I know how to connect and have relationships with people who don't see eye to eye on everything with me. Mm-hmm. And so that was what I think was really confusing was was seeing all these people that my family, you know, has supported come out against me publicly. Not my family these, you know, people on TV and on these extremist news stations or publications. Mm -hmm. And I I just couldn't understand why we couldn't see eye to eye. I felt this deep sadness because me and my family have this great connection. Now we've really learned from each other. We're still, they're still evolving a lot. I am too, but there's a respect there. Mm -hmm. And what feels so evident in the media is that there's such a lack of respect for anyone in the spotlight and and you hear like someone will be like, oh, well, you signed up for this or, you know, you, you put yourself out there. So this is what comes with that. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that, that true hatred and, and violence and, and threats have anything to do with like, I signed up for that. Right. And I think that what's really dangerous is that these people that are are on the news, you know, that have these big platforms that are trying to convince people to not enjoy someone like me or to support someone like me. I'm less concerned about what their connection is to me specifically, but what their followers are willing to go out and do. And there's yes. been many days where I've laid in bed scared that I might not wake up the next day or just because of the messages that I get or the warnings. And it's so heartbreaking that we are in a time where people feel so comfortable being this transphobic and i was actually i was at a friend's house she's she's a very notable actress and she was just saying she was like i really feel like they're they're trying to convince us allies not to support someone like you right. and i said you nailed it on the head because if they can get our allies to turn on us then we'll be even that less protected and those, those opportunities will continue to go away. And what we saw during Pride Month this year was people getting scared yeah. and not knowing how to show up for us. And so I think right now I'm trying to figure out what to ask for, not from my audience, from allies, because I think there are people that are willing to show up and we just, they need a little direction. But there's a lot of people too, who have gone quiet. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about, you know, some of these major, major arena tours, like Beyonce just said, trans is beautiful in Mm. front of 70,000 people. And then on the internet now millions and how epic that is for us. And that like something so easily said, which actually it can be very difficult when you're in that place of power and and the potential of, oh my gosh, am I going to lose fans for saying something like this? I actually, I think that that is such a powerful, like, ability and opportunity, and and so my kind of ask of of these allies, especially people with power, is like finding some, whether it's a small or a big way, to show up for us right now and collaborate, whatever that looks like, because people cannot deny when when love is evident, it's so, you know, mm. when there's hate, it's 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 there. But when there is that respect on blast or when there is that camaraderie, it's tangible and it's real. And, and I want more of that.
2: Yeah. Do you have any examples of some small acts for our listeners and anybody out there? Some great tips on how we can all be more supportive?
0: Yeah. Follow some trans content creators other than me, because there's a lot of perspectives out there. And that is, I think, a critique of myself that I have is that my point of view can be so limiting in my privilege and in the fact that I don't consider myself an activist. And so, you know, my page isn't the one you're going to come to to get all the facts or to get every ounce of gender affirming healthcare information. Sure. I think that finding that information from a really trusted source is is amazing. I actually just went to this human rights campaign trans creator summit. And we have a video on TikTok that I've tagged all the different creators. I mean, there was every kind of trans person there. So I think that finding other people to support and then also advocating for us when we're not in the room, I think is of major importance. I thought about 4th of July was right after pride month. And I was like, wow, I know there's going to be a lot of conversations at these barbecues about trans people and making jokes about beer and, mm-hmm. and who's going to show up, you know, who's going to say, Hey, uncle Tony, why are why are you saying that right now? Or that's not appropriate. You know, just because like I said, people are so comfy being transphobic yeah. and I can't, I'm, I'm hoping in the, you know, sooner rather than later, but in the next few years that some of those things that people are saying now will look back on and go, what the hell? How did they get away with that? And also digital footprints, like parents are like, this stays online forever. And yet they're the ones in the Facebook comments being like, "Yes, transphobic this, transphobic that. They need to lead by example as well, because these... Things that are online for, and and I, I make, you know, those videos, I'm sure 10 years from now, I might look back at some of my videos and go, that might be my cringe moment of the week, but, (laughs) but at least I know I'm not preaching hate. And I know Mm -hmm. that I'm not intending to, to set a bad example. So I, I just, I want people to be really mindful about their digital footprint. And, and Mm -hmm. do you remember that? Like, of course you remember, but the, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at (laughs) all. Exactly. And that is something that I think is is deeply surprising to me too, because I, I, some of the stuff that's being said, I'm like, I don't think you're. If your mom heard you say that, yeah. your <laughs> mouth might be washed out with soap. <laughs> Adults are bullies. Adults can 100%. be. Bullies. Adults
1: can be bullies. It's so true, Dylan. I um really had the opportunity to sit alongside you as you navigated this moment, mm-hmm. and I was just curious if you could share what was the work that you really felt like you did to help you move through it, first question. Um, Because I do have to say, if I can for a minute, from my perspective, the grace, the courage, the love with which you showed up through this was just nothing short of a miracle. The way that you showed up was such an inspiration to me. I know that you say that I'm your guide, but you inspired me through that. Because you just, you fucking showed up and you did the work. You were scared, but you still powered through it. And I, I can say from a firsthand perspective, you grew so much through it. So I was just wondering if you'd be willing to share what was that inner work you had to do? Ugh. And also, we're all crying over here.
2: We're all crying <laughs> and I have no tissues. I might wipe it on my dog. But- <laughs> just She's staring at me what was the work you had to do? And then
1: also, what did you learn about yourself through this? Okay. I think I'm surprised
0: that I'm crying right now, but I'm also not because I always cry when I'm with you.
1: <laughs> and I cry all the time. So that's a great advertisement. Thanks, Dylan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm. It's also the hormones. I mean, my God. Some, I will say on, on like a lighter note, I'll be like going through these like crazy, stressful, traumatic moments. And then I also am like, Why do I feel this way? And then I'm like, Oh my god, I'm on like new hormones in my body as well. Like it's such, such a damn double whammy. I think I I just started crying because I don't think we actually processed what we went through to get like, and we still I think because it's true we're still not fully out of the woods. That (sighs) I'm gonna cry. cry again. I think that so much of me coming to you every week these last few months was me being like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then I think the actual progress came in the, I'm not okay. I feel scared. I feel alone. And it was the honesty between us that really got me through. And I know that you watched me have to make a lot of difficult decisions, Mm -hmm. but I'm actually going to flip the question. Do you think there is a specific thing that, that we did together Mm. that you saw the most progress for myself?
2: Wow. Pop quiz. Yes.
1: Okay. I can point to it exactly. I think it was that moment when you stepped into the power of you knowing the right answers. I think you were getting a lot of advice. I think you were getting a lot of advice from a lot of different people, some of which are seen as experts in some way or another, and it was a cacophony and it was confusing and it was loud. and it felt like it was hard to find your truth in it all. And it was hard to understand what to say and what to do. And I just I remember that moment where you connected to, wait a minute, I've got this wisdom and it resides in here and I know it. And it just came pouring out. I think I just asked you simply, you have 13 million followers, what do you want them to know? And you just started telling me. And that moment where you realized, oh wait, I know how to navigate this. I'm not powerless. I am powerful, even though people are trying to take my dignity and my power. I actually, it resides within me. It's not something that they can take. Mm. And I know exactly what I, I think it's the love you have for your followers. I think you understand the responsibility of these people who follow you and love you and what they need from you. And when you stepped into that, you channeled that intuitive wisdom. And then that gorgeous video came out of that, that you put out. But it was really that, that taking that power and that wisdom back
0: thank you. I was trying to communicate with all these people who didn't they weren't team Dylan. And yes. then you were like, "Wait, but look at all these people who were team Dylan." Yeah. And and that's where it was so fun to then make um, content that was for people that already loved me because yep. I was so tired and I was so down that I couldn't show up for people that that weren't there yet. The haters, they still watch my videos but it's not for them, but they can see how I interact with my people. And I think that is way better than addressing them directly.
2: I love that. I do too. And can I ask you how you are today in this moment? Yeah. I am like a eight out of 10
0: and that's a big win. Yes. Yes, you are. I think that in order to like continue thriving, I needed to remember why I started all of this in the first place without the business without any of the extra frills of it all and I was reminded that like I got on here not for brand deals not because I thought it was going to do something for my career I didn't do like I I did it because it was a fun creative thing to try out and I needed to take a break from everything else to remind myself there's still like goodness out there and on the internet. And today I'm now creating out of a place of of pure enjoyment and what I feel called to make. And and instead I I used to like rule with an iron fist saying like, oh my gosh, I need to be making three videos a day and I need to and now I just I do it when I when I want to and when it feels good and when I have something to say and when my higher self is like, I think you need to make a video What's also crazy is when some of our work, Maury, starts to come through, you know, my content or other clients' content, yep. because there are things that now that I know and that I've worked on that I want to share. I want to figure out how to put my spin on it, not the Maury spin, but the Dylan spin. Yep. And I just, I wish that every person could feel their higher self, could feel their intuition, could could feel what it's like to do something in a full body yes. So I feel good, and I think now I also am hoping to expand kind of what my focus is in life because it was so driven by like the industry, and and right now we're in a strike. So I'm like, okay, what does romance look like right now for me? What does mm-hmm. getting a pet? What is you know I've been really social lately. I'm going out with my friends and having fun, and and those are all things that are actually going to help my creative endeavors because I'll be a little bit more filled in other ways.
2: Yeah. Beautiful. This is so empowering. And now I'm like, what should I do? What's
0: your thing?
2: I'm getting a pet. Go lighten your hair. Dylan already told oh, right. me. Yeah, Dylan told I know
1: you. the path. All right, Dylan. Listen, we've taken a lot of your time. We have, uh, we're going to do a quick round of three last questions, okay? Okay. I want to ask you specifically, we went and got to see the Barbie movie together. My kids sat next to you. They were just so excited to see this movie with you. And then when we walked out, um, you said so many eloquent things about how the allegory of the Barbie movie almost related to your own life. Can you just share a little about, like, how did you feel connected to the Barbie movie?
0: Okay, it's so funny because I feel like you know we listen to a song or a movie and we're like, oh my god, that's so me. And I almost felt <laughs> yes. I was like, I was like, am I really gonna make this about me right now? But I, I did.
1: That is, I don't want to interrupt. I just want to say that is the sign of really good art, though, that you can see yourself. I agree.
0: In yes, and that a lot of people can. Yes, and. I found a parallel in the fact that I'm such a camp person. I'm so, I love pink. I love polished. I think my aesthetic for so long was this like sort of happy go lucky, you know, like take on the world, hyperfeminism. And in the movie, we then see a lot of that crumble and we see a lot more vulnerability. We see emotions that hadn't been tapped into. We see honesty and I think that's what my past year has been. I think it's been watching, not that I was like a, a facade at all. I'm very much a real person and, and, and that is such a part of me. I am camp. I am, you know, those things don't have to be bad. But I, I thought about how in the movie, you know, Barbie has a choice to make. And, mm-hmm. and how I've had to decide, like, do I want to pretend none of this has happened and just go back to like being this happy go lucky person? Or do I want to like live with this sadness and see what comes of it and what mm it actually helps build me into the person that I'm supposed to be. And so I think I can be camp and I can be sad or I can be polished and I can be angry. I think there's, it really showed me the idea of patriarchy is something that hasn't really been tackled enough in the mainstream media in ways that like is for us. And I have actually, I Felt, especially, you know, there was a trans Barbie character in there, and, and yet her transness wasn't, it never came up actually. Yeah. It, I felt so seen by that, and I felt like I, I had every right to connect to that movie, and that felt really good.
1: Yeah. I loved it. I loved having my son hear you reflect on it. I could see him just kind of light up. I want to ask you, I'm going to give Bean the last question because I'm such a oh, good bestie.
2: Why? Thank you. <laughs> I
1: want to ask you my last question, which is you are so fucking talented. Like, Language. I mean, sorry. No, I'm not sorry. You are. And if you watch your 365th day celebration, which can you still stream that? Can you? I'm going to put some of it up on YouTube. Okay. Wow. I remember watching that. My jaw was on the floor because I know you're talented, but just to hear you sing and perform and all of that. So I just want to know what's next for you? What are you most excited about? Well, I am excited to go back to like
0: doing what I did when I was three, which is sing, dance, and act. Yeah. Triple threat. Triple threat. Theater is definitely coming in the forefront. I'm, I'm, I'm auditioning very regularly for theater. I, I'm excited to like, funny enough, in acting, I think I grew up because I was such a feminine young boy that I didn't think I could ever be on like television. And so it's so exciting now to get to like go in for parts and help create characters that are so close to to who I am and, and help build those out. And, and to write, I love writing. I think that's going to be a big part of these next few years for me. But I think it's it's working on projects that expand what I've already done online, but in ways that like, I, I it's been such an isolating, you know, uh, under budgeted experience that now I'm like, ooh, what can I do with the budget? What can I do with other people? What can I do with more connection. So that's what's next for me is is kind of taking these next steps into
1: longer form media. I cannot wait to see what's coming.
2: I'm, I'm truly, truly excited, especially about the Broadway aspect. I'll be there. I'm on the East Coast. I'll be there with bells on. Anyway, I just want to say, first of all, thank you. This was I've only seen you really in snippets for the most part. I see your TikToks and I see these little clips of you, but listening to you speak so honestly and and truthfully has been beautiful for me. So thank you. Thank you. One. And two, uh, a lot of our podcasts, most of our podcasts is about living your truest self, living as your truest self and tapping into your intuition. And you make that happen every single day. And that's really powerful and courageous. And we love that. Uh, And we wanted to sort of leave on the note of what advice do you have for listeners who want to embody their own truths as well?
0: I think intuition has been sort of like a key player in all of these questions and answers. Yeah. And I think for my listeners, for the listeners and my followers, I want them to feel that little scratch on their back that is something that they feel called to doing and to go with it, whether it's really small or it's like you know start. You can start small. I think that's that's it has to sometimes because of the the fear of of taking big jumps. But I I would just love for them to lean into what feels right to them. What is a full body yes? And specifically to young people that might be listening. I remember not being able to live my full truth because of the adults in my life. And while there might maybe are some decisions right now or are some things that they're facing that don't feel right to them, but they have to just live just to survive or just to get by until they too are an adult, I would say just hold on as much as you can to that intuition and to what you know is right so that when you are in a place to act on that intuition, that it's still there and you don't have to go find it because that's what I've done this past year is trying to go find the things that I lost and, and how nice if you already had them with you this entire time. And, and that's my hope for the younger generation is that there's less mess to pick up and, you know, personally and on a larger scale, but, but that they can already have all their ducks in a row and just, Find, find their full-body yeses.
2: I love that.
1: Beautiful advice. I don't yes. think any of us could have said it better. Dylan, I just want to tell you, I am so grateful there is a woman like you out in the world for my kids to look up to, oh. to navigate womanhood alongside you, to watch you do what you do with such grace and vulnerability and joy is such a gift to all of us. So Truly, on behalf of all of your fans, our listeners- me someone who's invested in you just thank you for existing in the world oh. the way you do um we love you so much thank you for coming on signal you. you made our week you definitely
0: our month i i love you both this was amazing i'm really also like it just makes me happy that my followers your listeners can know this side to me and, and to all of us and i'm i feel so good about just being here with you all so thank you for holding space thank,
1: thank you. you for thank taking the time we love you dylan Bye. Love ya. This has been another episode of Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. This podcast is co-hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and Melissa Gushka. Special thanks to my production team, Anushree Fekhadeh, Arman Kasam, and Anais Islami. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. See you then.